It's time for episode two of the Rob and Eritrea show. We're back. She's <laughs> back from the road. It's March 2023, and this is episode two of Rob and Eritrea. What up? It's It's been a while, but not really. It's only been a month, and I'm so excited for episode two. Uh, yeah, and like contrary to popular belief, we're not going to be breaking down Creed 3, but you know maybe that'll be a future episode. Is that because- a movie? This is not a movie podcast. This is no, just no. a this is the diabetes show, but 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 we did both see it, and if we had to weasel in a reason why you should disability awareness, they have the deaf daughter speaking sign language. Excellent, excellent stuff. I just <laughs> I don't know. I think the best thing you said was people will punch each other in the face before they go to therapy. Yeah, that men will to... literally fight for the heavyweight championship of the world instead of going to therapy. Yeah, it's it's true. It's true. I think it's top 10, one of the best things you've ever said, but it's a really good movie. So if you need something fun to do with your diabetes peeps, that's what you should do. We recommend. Absolutely. And speaking of doing things with diabetes peeps, it's been a busy month. We've had a lot of uh, events and kind of travel. You especially, you were overseas with, you were at ATDD. Uh, was that your first time to ATDD or second? This is my second time. I've been a diatribe now, oof, a full year. So Advanced Technologies and Treatments for People Living with Diabetes is the biggest international conference other than the American Diabetes Association, which is in California this year. So yeah, my second time was big baller stuff. Yeah, it was very cool and lots of really good sessions that I saw shared on social media, but nothing topped the diabetes news this month quite like the two weeks ago today at time of recording on March 1st, 2023. Eli Lilly introduced their reduced insulin pricing press release. So Novolog and you know some of this this new long acting insulin as well are going to be discounted twenty five dollars and thirty five dollars depending on you know a lot of different factors. But big news for diabetes advocates for people who've been working you know many many years day in day out advocating for the cost of insulin to go down, both like in federal legislation and and you know calling for price caps and you know I think. This is a step in the right direction. I think that seeing that and like seeing the response and it seemed like kind of a collective sigh of relief that was like, hey, there's going to be a way to get Lispro or Humalog for, you know, not an exorbitant amount of money, like from that $300 a vial down to like 35 in some cases. And, and so that's good news. Obviously, you know, the reasons why they did that, you can kind of dig deep and think about regulation and the government getting involved and having to have a plan. But Regardless, it was done, uh, and I'm I'm excited as the as it rolls out here in the summer of 2023. We're going to see you know uh, hopefully good stories of people who are spending less on the insulin that they need to survive. So that was excellent. Oh, a win is a win, and I also this is so crazy. I was thinking about this earlier, but like diabetes has been in the ether for a while with this presidency and what's happening, blah blah blah. But this, in my opinion, and I was just like thinking about it earlier. It came to a head when somebody hacked Lily's Twitter account and was yeah, yeah. like, hey, insulin could be this cheap. And then everyone was like, hey, well, could, in- could they actually make insulin this cheap? And people were like, yes, they could literally do this like right now, stamp their fingers. And I think all of that pressure, scrutiny, whatever has now like brought so much of the work of advocates to a head. And, and it's just incredible. It's really incredible to see, but it also makes me so sad for the people who did this work who didn't get to see it happen. Mm. And that, is a very sobering thought because it just reminds me that there is still so much work to be done for access and accessibility for everybody. And, you know, we had the pay or die producer on the podcast this month. They just debuted at South by Southwest and 
Nicole Smith-Holt was on the panel and in the documentary, and her son Alec passed away tragically from rationing insulin in 2017. And yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of people who are no longer with us, and they didn't get to see this day. And the people who rallied to tell their stories and to protest and to advocate when there was nothing in it for them, we owe them a a great debt of gratitude. And uh, the pillars are not done falling because today, of all days, March 14th on Pi Day, Novo Nordisk announced that they, they, they released a very similar press release about Vlog and, you know, some, they're also, I believe, Levomir, their, their long-acting insulin product, are also going to be discounted starting January 2024. So a little it's bit longer. It's and like Novolog Mix, I believe, as well as Levomir and Novolid, just to do my producer stuff. And I saw there were people asking about, you know, whether Ozempic was going to be on that list. And as far at this point, it is not on that list of discounted uh, you know, diabetes drugs. But, you know, I think, again, like one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about just in general, not necessarily any related at all to diabetes or pharmaceuticals or anything like that, but just more like human behaviors is that uh, we kind of are on this pendulum and we swing from one side to the other, whether it's politically, whether it's through user behaviors or innovation. Then somebody steps out and, you know, innovates and does something kind of bold, makes a bold move, and then people follow suit. And I think that's what we're seeing with the manufacturers is that you know, what Lily stepped out and did it first. Now Novo follows suit. And I, and I expect that there will be a Santa Fe announcement coming soon, just so that everybody is on the same page. And, you know, hopefully also there's been a, a new insulin act introduced in legislation in the United States. Bernie Sanders and, and some others are yeah. behind it. So again, a lot of momentum, like you said, politically in the news for diabetes, which is great, you know, is, a, is an awesome thing to be able to see, like, hey, here's another good news. Because for so long, Anything diabetes related about insulin pricing has always been bad. So, and bad for people with diabetes. So, Winter nice win. to chalk up a win in, in the win column. And people are allowed to celebrate. Like, while we're talking about it, I just really want to step on it for one second. Like, if you are still not happy about the announcement because you think that work has, like, you, it's not mutually exclusive. Like, you can be happy that we're taking steps forward and still recognize that we've come so far, we've lost people on this journey, and there's still so much more to do. Like, I don't know. I just there was some posts that I saw online from within the community and people addressing it in their stories, multiple people. I'm going to shout out one of them, Monique Nicole, because we talked about it for a while. But just like it's OK to celebrate and still think about the work that has to happen, because I think people should be allowed to be happy about things. Let them have joy, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we talk about it all the time with diabetes management. If you're not celebrating your small wins, like it's going to be very difficult to continue this long journey. It is a long journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You got to keep going and celebrate those small wins. And I think, yeah, I mean, that that kind of is is it for me. Like, let's let's acknowledge yeah. that there's work to be done still. Let's acknowledge that this is the beginning, not the end, but that we are in, you know, a much better place than we were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we're in changing times. I want to also talk about just in the, just because I want to keep it inclusive, like CGM access and coverage being talked about for people living with type 2 diabetes, like. People with type 2 diabetes deserve access to CGMs. Time and range has shown to increase our lifespan as people living with diabetes. And so I just, give me all the change. Give me all the reform. I am here for it. Yeah. And, you know, there's been good news in the UK. NHS and and CGM are, you know, being added to sort of the standard of care, which is exciting. There's good stuff happening. And uh, interestingly enough, it's funny. We shout out my man, Bill Atkins, who is a Medtronic diabetes ambassador. And that's how I know him. He sent me an email. He recorded on his phone, a segment on CBS New York. And I believe oh, somebody yeah. else reached out that there was some old footage of me talking about the price of insulin and the price of diabetes management 
from 2019, I think. And it was funny, like I recorded it in our recreation office after I taught an improv class. So it like, we didn't get to the office till like 11 PM and the guy set up his camera and we shot this thing. And then like we wrapped about 1 AM and it was kind of right when we had moved into that office and now we're right about to move out. So it's kind of interesting to see it pop back up again after all these years. So been doing this a while, talking about it publicly and, you know, really, I don't know, trying to be a face of diabetes out there and just, you know, be the real, be the real. I love, I love seeing that clip of you. It was very Rob 2017 hair. I, wa- I wanted to roast you, but you were doing a good thing. So I literally. I know I had a little bit of the fade going, a little bit of the beard still. Yeah. Much, uh, much toned down persona these days. And a different Rob, a different time, but it's still the same message. <laughs> well, <laughs> people, this shit they need. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, I don't know. I try to, I try not to switch up. You won't catch me switching up. I'm pretty much consistent all the way around. Okay. So we've been kind of traveling, both you and I. I took two trips in February and you took a long mm-hmm. uh, trip to Europe for ATTD and, and stuck around for a little while afterwards. So let's talk about it. I want to hear about LA. I saw your post. I saw, because you could just, you know, if there's one thing Rob Howe does is spill the tea. That's why I love hanging out with you. You'd be spilling the tea. But what happened? Like you said you had the worst diabetes day and like you're Rob Howe. Like, what do you mean you had the worst diabetes day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say it like that because like I I have days with diabetes that that suck. And, you know, sometimes it's not my fault. Sometimes it's my fault, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> And this was one of those days I kind of, uh, I had, I had breakfast and I was on vacation. So I had like a nice, you know, I had like a breakfast sandwich or something at a sweet salt in LA shout out. And my blood sugar came up afterwards and I was like, okay, like maybe I just had like a more, you know, my eating time is off. I'm on a different time zone, blah, blah, blah. And then it kept going up, kept going up. So I was like, okay, let me change my site. Let me get this thing going. So step one. All right, cool. Still high. Let me go get some. uh, some work. I was at a hotel that had a gym, so I walked in, got got some like squats and got some good, had a little sweat going. Okay. Then I took a walk and like nothing was working. I was chugging water. I probably had like eight bottles of water because I found they had free water bottles in the gym, so I was going ham. That's the thing I love is free water bottles. Then I was like, man, well, this still isn't moving. I've done all this stuff. Like something else is wrong, and my blood sugars had been, you know, over two fifty. You know, topped out about four hundred for two or three hours, and. If you know me, you know that I don't like that. You're, no, you know? you're a grumpy man. I'm Mr. pretty cranky. Is grumpy. <laughs> and, you know, Erica was away hanging with one of her friends. So I was kind of by myself and, you know, just working and kind of hanging out. And then this sort of became my big problem of the day to figure out. And uh, it turns out this insulin vial that I had opened, it had like made its way to the back of the fridge, I guess, over, you know, the years. And it expired in January of 2023. And normally I've used expired insulin vials before and they've been fine. And my advice to people, because it's off-label, obviously, like I don't want to like promote off-label use, but test it. If it works, then I think it's fine to use. And if it doesn't work, then obviously don't use it. So unfortunately, I had to throw away like a full file vial of insulin because it just didn't work. And I, But once I got it changed, I was in good shape. And so it just took a while. It took a lot of, you know, being mindful. It took a lot of, you know, I used all my tools in the toolkit. And then once I got that insulin in me, that number came straight down. So it's just, a, it just goes to show, I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care how many diabetes hacks, how hydrated, how well slept, how well rested, how well exercised. If you don't have insulin, your blood sugar will be high. And uh, that's what I was going through. So I finally got it in there. And then you know what? It just reminded me of our interview with Jazz Sethi last fall. And we had just posted a video on Instagram. It was like, it's a bad diabetes day. It's not a bad diabetes life. I was in LA, a place that I love, hanging out with my dear friends. 
And I just had a, we had a great long weekend in LA with our friends James James and Alexis and and Ryan and Gabby, and we just had a blast. So, you know, it was all good. And we even got to go to Tom Tom, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant before all this crazy Bravo drama between Tom Sandoval and Are you a Bravoite? Do you well, know about the drama? I know about the drama only because of my wife, who is, is so plugged in to the Bravo Extended Universe. I don't even know. I'm going to have to call Erica because I don't know the breakdown. So I'm going to listen to Erica tell Yeah, hopefully, but... hopefully some listeners are, are here listening and, and we and we get that in. So, yeah. It's family niche. It's very niche. But it's like, <laughs> it's funny. But so, I guess, I like how overall it didn't ruin the entire weekend for you. It was just like, this is a moment, a day, and I'm going to take it as such. And we move on. We win. We still ball, I guess, is the attitude. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you asked me earlier before we started recording, like h- how I talk to myself after I do things that are good, you know, or like you mentioned, like if yeah. you're just not feeling it and you work out, like do you like, you know, positively affirm yourself or whatever the case may be? And I, I don't have, I'm not always so great at it. I'm like learning, I'm trying to be better about it. But uh, again, I just came back to that quote from Jazz and I was like, you know, hey, yes, this sucks, but. It's not the full day. We got it figured out. It could have been way worse. And, yeah. and you know, don't let it ruin my time. So again, just trying to be more present, trying to focus on, you know, what's, what's good about those things. Acknowledge the bad, but there is that sort of duality of diabetes. That's actually a great transition because the week after I got back from LA, we, I went to Greensboro uh, to yeah. my first like JDRF summit, first speaking gig since the pandemic. I think I did a couple of virtual keynotes during the pandemic, but since like actual, you know, in-person events are back, it was my first one. And I had actually kind of changed how I thought about doing them. I don't really, it's not a huge priority to me to go do those anymore. And I honestly thought they might be behind me for a little bit, like yeah. in terms of speaking, but the team, I want to shout out the team in JDRF, North Carolina. They are doing the work. They listen, they, they reached out to me after like talking to me about are more than a diabetic episode where we like really, you know, took an in-depth look at a lot of the challenges that JDRF has introduced to the community and some of the things that they need to do. And they said, Hey, we've, we've heard this. It was uncomfortable, but we're going to put, take steps to really do better about this. And so not only it was one of the more diverse summits that I'd ever been to in terms of attendees, and it was at a historically black college, historically black college at North Carolina A&T. And so you know, it was really cool to see like, hey, they, they had plenty of options to go use for their venue. They put it into a black college and university. They, you know, had in- inclusive speakers. They really were doing the work and I wanted to reward them for that. And yeah, they, I just had a great time. It was cool to be in person. I got to meet DJ, who, DJ Lipscomb, who's part of the JDRF Game to Give crew. And, you know, shout out to DJ and Corey, who are, who's part of our team uh, editing our videos. And it was cool to see, them, see him in person and just hang out and have a conference day. So it was good to be back in the mix. It was a really like whirlwind trip. My diabetes did cooperate. So that was nice. But And um, you made content. I loved the reels. I love the Rob goes through DFW airport and this is what he does to get to the, the conference. And you got to like debut this whole new thing, the dichotomy of diabetes. So you on your grind, man. It's nice to be back on it, I bet. It was nice. And I think too, we were talking about that duality, right? Like where you can acknowledge that there's work to be done and also be excited that there's progress or that you've had a bad diabetes day and also let it not ruin your entire trip. Like both of those things can be true. That's what I was was trying to share with that dichotomy of diabetes presentation. And, you know, I don't think it was too heady of a concept. I think it was, you know, really, really fun and, and good. And, 
you know, it was nice to be back in front of people, got my heart racing a little bit, and then I settled right in and, and had a great time and they were a great crowd. So yeah, I'm I'm back in the swing. Shout out to David Mina, Type 1 Livabetic for creating the presentation. So I got to do what we want to do here and support diabetes creators. So all around, it just felt like a win-win-win. Like, you know, we were, we we're doing the thing with a chapter. We had a shared vision. We had a great opportunity and we were able to, you know, partner with other diabetes creators and, and use, you know, my my platform to support other people. So I was psyched for that. It's always ideal. I love all this for you. I want to... I want to transition to this next topic because it, it. I'm so ready to just, first of all, this today is a great day to do this because today, Rob, you were tagged in a video where you're being roasted for being the guy who keeps posting about the cold plunges because it's like, we get it. You are better than us. Like, I'm sick of cold plunging. It is everywhere. Everything that I have learned about cold plunging has absolutely been against my will. But I'd still, like, I don't know. I guess it's still worth asking, like, because we get it, you do it every day. And but like, why don't the rest of us, right? So how do you mentally amp yourself to get just get it done? Because I'm sure, like you said, Rob Howe is a human being. He has off days. So how are you doing this all the time still? I do have off days. I am not perfect and I and I I don't try to be. I think that's something that you know, I was I said the other day at the office, I was like, even the best shooters only make 40 only shoot 40% like in the NBA, right? Like if you shoot over 40% from three, you're in like a very top tier of, of a shooter. That means that you miss six out of 10. And so I think for me, like, can I have more good days than bad days? Can I like do the things that are going to help me win the day more often than I don't? And so, you know, you say like everything you made about or you learned about cold plunging is against your will. I have loved how many questions I've gotten in the last six weeks about cold plunging because it really is having a moment again. I'm not sure exactly what it was that like sparked it at this point, but I'm not new to this, been doing this for a while and obviously like have my plunge at home. And no, it's not because I'm better than anyone, but to me, and I made a video about it recently and, and it was my first like cold plunge reel to really like pop off. And it was basically like, it's so simple. The more studying that comes out, the more studies that come out about cold water, whether it's cold shower, whether it's cold immersion, show pretty much conclusive evidence that it's good for you. It increases your metabolic rate, it decreases pain, it like increases brown fat, whatever whatever your like KPI is, your key performance indicator, whatever thing you're looking for, whatever benefit, it has something probably. Like I even heard somebody saying earlier this week like it jumpstarts glutathione production in your body. It's like okay, well what doesn't it do at that point? Like it seems like a cure all. So for me it's just nice that it's like, you know, in the zeitgeist and like in the in the news because I can contribute to that and I'm a big fan and, and an advocate for cold plunging. But I I had this idea like the simplest things and, and that's the video that I that I was trying to give this like inspiring talk. And it's it's in the cold. So my voice goes into cold voice, which is like so I was just thinking about like this idea of novelty and like simplicity and the things that bring us the most impact in our lives are often extremely simple. And they're often too easy. And it seems like they should be more difficult. And because of that, we don't attract ourselves to them. We don't like get stuck on it. So cold plunging for me has a ton of benefits. It's still really hard for me to make myself go outside, especially like it's been chilly the last couple of days, to make myself go outside, jump in that cold water. But I know that when I do, I feel better, that, that it's good for me, that there's a benefit in it for me. Even if it's not 
short term because there's like basically no short term benefits except that you feel good. It's the long term benefits. And so when I look at my life in over the past year in the long term, I played over a hundred days of really intense basketball. Last Saturday, I woke up feeling dangerous and I just went and cooked my my Saturday run. I just was unstoppable. I felt great. And I think like to know that I can still have a day like that, um, I didn't think I had any more of those in me at, at, a, at a certain point that I had that, that that was it for me, that I would just never be that guy again. And so to know that it's a small part of that is huge. So yeah, like I, I have less inflammation. I exercise way more. I'm in way better shape. I look and feel better. I jump higher. I run faster. None of that is like directly associated with the cold, but the cold allows me to meet the demands of my life and still hit my workouts, still get my sleep and understand like everything that needs to go into that. And you know, one thing I didn't realize is like how much of that I missed. I just missed being able to be an athlete and, you know, it's part of my routine and I love it. And we got to get you in the, in the plunge. No, just, well, I just, as I'm, cold as all get out. Like, I guess it's just for me, like, I'm glad we talked about cold plunging, but I guess to me, the question's like, it's too layered, right? Cause it's like, right. You're the cold plunge guy. You're the workout guy. You look better. You feel better. That's great. I love that for you. But I remember something you said to me. I'm going to call it season one of us podcasting together, that how you do one thing is like how you do everything. So you just seem so consistent. But again, you can't like you can't be perfect. So it's like, do you just like you said, you only like you're just you're just trying your best on a day to day. Like what kind of mental gymnastics are you doing? And if you're if you're doing any at all. Well, I am doing it for sure. And I have low moments. I, I'm on kind of a, a winning streak right now with my mental health. I, I'll just call it that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's because I'm journaling and like sleeping enough and like exercising and like getting, you know, going outside and cold plunging. It's like all the stuff that's helping me be the best version of myself is boring and simple. And, (laughs) you know, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to believe that I was like a silver bullet person or somebody looking for like this big, sexy, exciting new thing that's going to help me conquer the world. But I definitely was like, I was just trying to find like whatever the latest and greatest thing is or whatever the latest trend is. And now I think I'm just aging and, and becoming more comfortable with who I am in a way that is like, yeah, okay. I am a guy that journals now. I am a guy that cold plunges. I am a guy that, you know, goes the extra mile. And so, yeah, how you do one thing, how you do something is how you do everything is definitely a thing that I've said and I believe. And I think like, you know, I'm less concerned now with, you know, leaving a legacy or like trying to overachieve. But I think like one, the things that I can control are, Hey, like Rob has integrity. Rob works hard. He shows up for his people. His yes is yes. And his no is no. And I think that's, you know, cold plunging is part of that. And I think also it's like doing the hard shit. Sorry for cursing families, but like doing the hard shit day, like first thing in the morning, the hardest thing you might do all day is turning that shower to cold and just sitting under there because it sucks. It's like, Ugh. or when you, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes like when I'm really struggling, I'll be like feet in and legs in. I'm kind of like standing in the cold plunge. And then I'm just like, all right, like deep breath. And I just like go in and like some days, like I'm only in there for a minute or 45 seconds. And those days I get out and I'm just like, God, it's cold. And, but I feel better. I like, I did it. I made, I made it. Not every workout that I do has to be an hour and a half of like, you know, really hitting every lift. If I go in there and I get 20 minutes of, you know, sweating and doing my main stuff, like that's good enough some days. So I think like consistency over time 
I used to try to get all the workouts I missed back with one workout. I used to try to get all the sleep that I missed back with one night of like 14 hours of sleep or something. You know, I used to try to binge my way through those things. And now as I get older, I'm, you know, I'm a slow learner, I guess. I'm just like, you know, trying to show up consistently day in and day out. And the cold plunge is part of that. If I can force myself into the cold water for a couple minutes early in the morning, what can't I do? No, what can't I? I mean, I get it. No, I love it. It's just maybe we're both slow learners because I too, I'm in this. I got a workout in today. I was telling you earlier for the first time in a while. And after the workout, I was like, why don't I do this every day? You like how this feels like this is a great feeling. Your brain is clear. You can think through stuff like you don't feel so foggy. You want to do your jobs, jobs, multiple. So it's like, why do you just let yourself do the easy stuff, which is lay in bed, be depressed, not take care of your diabetes. So if you needed to hear this like I did, (laughs) come work for Rob or listen to the podcast every week. I, I want to be careful, though, because like you got to have back to the dichotomy, back to the duality. Yeah, I think I'm just going to be talking like this for the rest of my life, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, there are days where I got to, you know, I'm so tired from like on Saturday. I got before noon, I had like an 18 strain. I had burned 3000 calories and I was tired and I just kind of watched TV for the afternoon before I, you know, worked on a couple of like side projects. And um, it's OK to to rest. It's OK to need space. It's OK to be depressed. But I think what I realized about me is, you know, if I'm doing the things and I've talked about kind of my like depression checklist, yeah. I haven't gone back to that, you know, specifically in a while, because I think a lot of my routines are making sure that I'm hydrated, making sure I'm outside, making sure I'm getting movement um, and, you know, that I'm actively participating in my life. And I think like I, I want to be intentional. You know, a thing that kept coming up for me with my therapist last year was that I, I wanted to eliminate drift time. Like I was like, you know, I was spending time drifting and I was losing time just like mindlessly consuming stuff, you know, either on social media or, or otherwise. And, you know, I, and I just kind of flipped it. I was like, well, instead of like eliminating something or trying to like, you know, get away from something, what if I just was like more present and more aware and more mindful of everything that I'm doing? And I think that that is something that has consistently been a theme that I'm kind of striving for in my life. And I'm starting to, not, whether because of cold plungers, whether because of my relationship with my wife, whether because I'm just getting a little bit older and wiser, um, I'm starting to find that present state, that intentionality state. And I'm not perfect and I have bad days. And But what I'm looking back and like tracking some of it, I'm like, wow, I'm, I really am getting more done. I really am happier with who I am. My relationships are improving. And that that's just because I'm present in my life. I often... You know, when I'm at my lowest mental health, and I'm talking a lot, but this is my podcast, I guess, so I can talk as much. <laughs> I, say whatever you want. I have, like, on my lowest moments, I feel this sense of dread because my life is happening and I'm acting like it's going to happen down the road. I'm waiting for something to happen so that I can start living, quote unquote, air quotes, start living. And so I think where I'm at now is that. I'm more comfortable with the idea that my life is already unfolding, that it is what it is, and I am in it actively. Interesting. I think maybe a lot of us do that. I don't think you're alone in that respect. I, I know I'm not. I, I yeah. know I'm not alone. And I think, you know, when I talk to people, I'm, I recognize, I see a lot of myself in, in those types of things. And I think, you know, we're all the sort of protagonist main character of our own story. But yes. 
you know, you are an active participant, like you're writing that story every day. And, you know, for some people, some days, like, you know, it might just be sitting on the couch watching Netflix or letting the out the social media algorithms dictate what they what they consume. I think now, you know, taking a more mindful approach to those types of things will yeah. put you in a much healthier headspace. But that's not for me to decide for somebody else. So, yeah. you know, the things that work for me, I, I, I've learned are actively participating in my life, you know, showing up for myself, whether that's through working out or learning or jumping in the cold tub or spending time with my wife. Like those are, those are the things that I need to do to make sure that I can give of myself to others who are depending on me. I love that. All of that is absolutely beautiful. You're a healthy man. Are you the Adonis Creed of your movie? Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I, I don't even know where to go with that. I think we we could lose another hour on this podcast by doing that. So I don't know. That's kind of where I, that's where I am with my headspace right now. Yeah. I mean, I go to therapy. That was what I, that's why I told Erica in the middle of that movie, like men will literally fight for the heavyweight championship of the world instead of go to therapy because I've lived it. I've, I've tried to outachieve my mental, you know, faults, my, my own personal faults. And there's just no way to do that. I think becoming comfortable with the shoes that you're walking in, no matter where you are is the first step to where wherever you're trying to go. Amen. Sensei Rob is in the hot seat today, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. That cold water is just filtering that wisdom in my brain. Yeah, it's just making you less full of nonsense. And I love it. Submerge him every day. Although I do have some nonsense and, you know, I just get to I, I just get to let that flag fly just a little bit more privately sometimes. So but I think we're going to have some funny cold plunge videos coming very soon. So be on the lookout. Oh. I'm going to let that freak flag fly. It's going to be fun. Um, OK, we earlier we talked about my difficult diabetes day, but you also had some difficult diabetes days and and also just kind of led to a little bit of like micro burnout or like fatigue. And, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about that as well. So. It's not all just fun and games when Eritrea is out on the road taking over Europe. He's Louise taking over Europe. That's interesting. So I was in Berlin and I got to learn a lot about scary stuff. So Hitler about was people a bad who man. were trying to t- were trying to take Hitler him. was a bad man, dude. I went to Brandenburg. I was like, this is weird. First of all, I want to say that I feel very, very lucky to get to go to these big medical conferences. It's not something that the regular person with diabetes has access to. So it's really I just feel glad that I get to go. I get to learn about all these treatments and things that are now available for people living with diabetes and just kind of get so much hope. So that that's always really nice. But there is something to be said about being in an eight-hour time zone difference and just having a tough time with your diabetes. You talk a lot about sleeping, and when you are in a bad in a different time zone and you're not feeling well, you're not you're not sleeping well. So I. I took a flight from Dallas to Berlin. There's a connection in Paris. My original flight from Dallas was delayed. So when I got to Paris, my connecting flight was gone. And so I thought to myself, what can I do to still enjoy this day? I can take the last flight out of Paris to Berlin. And so there was one at 9 p.m. that night. I got there like 7.30 in the morning. And I thought to myself, I will enjoy this day in Paris because I've never been to Paris. So I'm there. I'm there the entire day. I have an awesome day. But by the end of the day, I had walked 18,000 steps. Ooh. My blood sugars were not bad that day, but I was exhausted because keep in mind, like I flew in from Dallas. So it's like already that time zone change. And now like do a, a marathon that day, you know, for someone like me. And now fly to Berlin at nine o'clock at night. So I get on the plane. And when I tell you, I sat down on the plane and I fell asleep and I woke up in Berlin. Like I sat, like you sit down on the runway and you're just like, I am dead. I wake up in Berlin, 
exhausted, go to my hotel room, I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning and my blood sugar is like 345. And I didn't go to sleep until like three o'clock in the morning because I just couldn't fall back asleep after a plane ride and an Uber. I'm exhausted. I go to work, walk around some more because I want to take advantage of the day before the conference and see Berlin. And again, I do not sleep well that night. So it's just like all these little micro, I don't want to say decisions, but I don't know, consequences of being on an international trip added up. And so my first day of the conference, my blood sugars were in range 8%. Mm. It was a really tough diabetes day. And I think what people don't think about when they have, like when you said, oh, it's not a bad diabetes day, can be a bad diabetes life. Or it's just a bad diabetes day, not a bad diabetes life, like Jazz says. That might be true, and it is. But when you have an accumulation of events and it's one bad, bad, bad diabetes day, it can drag. And it, for me, it dragged on that whole week. Something I've learned about that concept, I learned from my Whoop app because I, and I learned about sleep. So it has this concept of like sleep debt. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get enough sleep for a couple days, like the first two days, it's not that big of a deal. But if your sleep debt starts to accumulate and compound, so, you know, I'm on this, I'm like a compound interest guy, not just in finance, but just like exercise and diabetes management and travel or whatever. Dad's up. It, it like builds a, like a debt, you know, thing. So you're, you know, you've had a 8% time in range one day. And then, you know, even if you doubled that the next day, it got to 16%. Then you're like for two yeah. days now, you've just been riding the roller coaster, just being miserable. And you're in a new place and you're jet lagged. And you're I'm working. Food, and you've got to work. And, you know, you kind of start to judge yourself sometimes, too, because like, oh, I really wish I could enjoy myself and be present in this situation, but I can't because my diabetes is getting in the way. So how did you how did you maintain the rest of the Well, I there is a literal video of so Diatribe hosts a really cool event called Musing, where we get like key opinion leaders within the diabetes space to speak on different like just different things. And this 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 was a really, really interesting one. But when I tell you that I fell asleep at the table. Literally, like, somebody took a video of me with my arms. Because, like, I just, my body was crashing. There was one day that I literally got back to my room and I was like, I cannot think. I cannot breathe. I cannot. So if you saw me at the conference and I ran away from you, I'm so sorry. I know I did that to a couple of people because, like, people want to say hello. They they listen to the pod. They know who we are. And I want to say hello, too. But when I'm not my best self, I don't want to say hello to anybody. So I did not manage well. I will not lie. But by the end of it, I kind of like got my, got my, you know, got my life together. I was able to go to a DDoC event the last night, which was really nice to see everyone and have a nice time with people living with diabetes. So, I mean, I, I got to experience a conference, but it, it really felt like diabetes is holding me back. And I think that that is my least favorite thing when that happens. I think that it really, really frustrates me, not just physically, but also like mentally. And it just got me thinking like about chronic fatigue and like people living with diabetes and how like managing this on a daily life and controlling your blood sugars can be hard. It is hard. And I think it comes back to the dichotomy of diabetes, right? And and that was one of the final slides in that presentation is like, can you accept that diabetes is going to not, it is going to hold you back some days with and not judge yourself for it. You know, so, you know, we've talked a lot about in this podcast about how I'm kind of like, you know, retconning my like, you know, diabetes doesn't have to hold you back persona because while that's true for some people, it's not true for everyone. And it's not true day in and day out. So I think it's much more humanizing to say, yes, hey, I'm I'm Rob. I'm speaking to you with diabetes, but also like there's days where diabetes kicks my butt and I can't and it keeps me from doing things that I love. 
So also we look so healthy and we look so happy and we look so good. Like, I think that especially both of us are people who present very like abled. Yes. And so when I have a day where I am completely flat, like it's, it's such a 180 that it's really like it can be shocking to other people. And so I, I don't know. I just I'm glad I had the space to be myself. I work at a really great place and I have great coworkers. And yeah, I just felt lucky that I had that. But I survived. Kind of, because I am here, right? So that, that's the end of the story. I'm not supposed to be here right now. We were supposed to record this episode a week ago, and I was going to be in Cairo. Mm-hmm. But when I got to Germany, I have family who lives in Germany, so I got to spend time with my grandparents. When I went to go see them, I spoke to my cousin, and I was just like, I am exhausted. And she was just like, you have been saying that since you got here. Do not go to Egypt. Like, go home. Go to yeah. sleep. Like, get some rest. So I kind of compromised and decided to take myself to Amsterdam. I'm really lucky. My family lives like an hour away from Amsterdam by train. So I took a train over to Amsterdam. I spent a couple of days there where I tried to rest, but because I was so tired, I couldn't even do that. So it's mm. like, it was nice to come home and I slept for like 12 hours on the plane. And when I got here, so I'm feeling much more myself, but I was beating, I've been beating myself up for the last week. So it's like, you could be in Cairo right now. You can be in Cairo right now. And I'm having like serious FOMO. But at the same time, I'm trying to remind myself that like being in my house, doing the things I need to do, setting up a routine so that my diabetes can be in a good place and I can be in a good place is also a worthwhile activity. Traveling the world is great, but it's not great if your diabetes isn't where you need it to be. So I need to like work on that. Well, thank you for you know being so open about that and vulnerable about it, because I think it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, traveling the world is great. Like, no worries at all you know, and hide that. And, you know, it's, it's great to have that transparency. So thank you for sharing something that my sister told me a few years ago was that the brightest candle burns out the fastest. And so you got to, you know, really watch yourself and make sure that, you know, when you're doing, even if you're doing things that you want to do, like, yes. is it too much and be right re- and, and recognize that. And you, you mentioned chronic fatigue earlier and like people with diabetes mm-hmm. are like wildly fatigued. Yep. When we talk about like losing 180 hours of sleep per year, you know, times, you know, 10 years, that's 1800 hours of sleep loss. That's a ton of time, you know. If you think about like the factors, right? So all that to say, also just to say, like, I am taking a break from traveling. I just wanted to say that, like, I'm not going anywhere for a little while. Routines are important because, yes, I have. So I've looked intensely into chronic fatigue because I think there's something wrong with me. Okay, so I went to this as a concert on Friday. And as we were driving back from the concert to get to me to eat, I fell asleep in the car for 14 minutes. Like, I went to the best concert ever, and here I am just asleep. I am tired all the time. And I talked to you about it, and I'm like, Rob, are you a sleepy person? You're like, I am a sleepy boy. And I'm like, is this normal? And I used to have an ongoing joke with my friend in college, Diana, and everybody would call us, like, the sleepy girls because like, we would just fall asleep at parties. Like, there she is asleep on the couch. So is this normal? Like, am I crazy? So- <laughs> well, you know, I think there's, there's an important normal thing to talk about related to diabetes and fatigue. Like, you know, I'm looking here, I've got this pulled up from the National Institute of Health in the United States. Fatigue is a common symptom of diabetes that is not limited to uncontrolled diabetes. So it has nothing to do with your level right. of diabetes control. There's just fatigue is part of this sort of life with a chronic illness. And I think we all understand it, but when you see it written in health journals and you're like, oh, wow, this really is my diabetes. It's not me. You know, that's, that's an important thing to, to note. And it makes you feel better. You're right. I like to sleep. You know, what really helped me look at that without judgment was reading about how much LeBron sleeps. Looks like, wait, how much does he sleep? He sleeps like 12 hours a day. And, you know, I think for me, 
you know, we look at these high achievers and we just think, oh, you know, we read these hustle culture interviews. It's like, yeah, this guy, he sleeps three hours a night and he's up every day before, you know, and he works out four times and he's, you know, he basically has six days in a day because he, you know, doesn't sleep. And it's like, well, you know, that's, that's a not sustainable and, and B probably not even true. And at the same time, it like looks, he's like, oh, well, is there something wrong with me? Because I need more sleep. You know, I can crush nine hours of sleep. No problem. Anytime, anywhere, Same. except for maybe on a plane. Cause I just don't really fit. So if I'm able to fit somewhere, I can knock out and sleep. And, you know, I, I used to look at that with judgment. And now I just know that the demands of my time and my 24 hours are pretty significant and pretty high stress. And you got diabetes on top of that. So, you know, why, why should I judge myself for having to sleep a little bit longer than some of my peers who don't have any of those things going on? I also don't have kids right now yet. So there's nobody waking me up in the middle of the night. So I got to enjoy it while I can. And so, you know, that's something else that I'm trying to be present with. But yeah, I mean, I think, again, can you accept the realities of life and life with diabetes without judgment? That to me has been like the biggest breakthrough for me. And, and hopefully I think you too, like just seeing yourself in other people and having conversations, like even just with me, like, Hey, what's wrong with me? Do I need to sleep a lot? It's like, I'm a sleepy dude. I'm a sleepy boy. Yeah. I, you know, I love to sleep. I've loved to sleep since I was a child. Like Me too. Uh, so, I mean, I, that's just who I am. I love sleep. I don't think it's a bad thing. I guess I just like was looking at myself a little weird. Like we are both getting older. So it's like, maybe we should hire some younger people for this podcast. Because 9.30, I'm just like, ooh, baby, I can't wait to get in my bed. Like, make my little cup of tea, go to sleepy. Like, I, I love being at rest. But also, it just, I just, I don't want this to be confused with, and I say this very, like, openly. I don't want this to be confused with diabetes distress. Like, that is something completely different, I think. Like, that's a mental, like, I feel like that's more like a mental health thing. And what I'm talking about right now specifically is, like, the physical feeling of being, like, I am tired. And I need to sleep consistently so that I don't feel so tired around my diabetes or just, like, in my general day-to-day life. Because, I don't know, maybe if you build a better routine, you'll be less tired. But based off my, because I'm literally, I spent like a week Googling all of this, but I don't think chronic fatigue with people with diabetes is going anywhere. So like you said, it's just a part of living with the disease and we've got to like carry that yeah, water. If you, if you want to learn more, just Google fatigue and diabetes. And there's a lot of peer reviewed journal entries that will come up to talk about it. We're 10 times more likely to experience fatigue compared to people without diabetes. And that's from endocrineweb.com. So right, right off the bat, one first page of Google. Do not judge yourself for needing to sleep a little bit more. And also, you know, caregivers, be conscious of it. You know, if your kids need to sleep a little bit more, you know, there could be some diabetes, you know, fatigue, chronic fatigue involved with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So the mailbag entries were pretty light. I want you guys to email us mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Before we sign off, there's something I wanted to do. I just thought of it in the middle. What's your blood sugar right now? Just say it on the air. I'm, I'm 117. Oh, wow. That's so annoying. Ah, 196. It's actually nice. not bad. Not That's bad not terrible all. considering what I've been working on. But what I also want to tell you is that my pump is on 15% battery and only has 17 units in the cartridge. So judge me, baby. Yeah, I, I've been there. Somebody one time I like, it was like five minutes. Like it was like the little red line for the calibration and like my, and my insulin reservoir like thing was like red. It's like, yeah, when you're, when you're just kind of on your last legs, hey, it's all good. Charge that pump. Yeah, I, I I never charge my pump. That's something. So actually, the last thing we talked about, but I went on a date last weekend, last week. I went to the Dallas Museum of Arts. It was beautiful. It was great. Everything was awesome. And then my pump died. And I was like, girl, what are we going to do? Luckily, 
I had a little syringe and a vial in my purse because if you watch my reels, you know, I always keep that thing on me. g Rogue syringe vials. And so I could tip me a little shot and I was fine. But damn, I really got to keep myself plugged in to be alive. Like, what is this? That happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was playing basketball and my sight got ripped out and I didn't have a spare one on me because I had just cleaned out my bag. Why does it always happen that way? So um, and I could have kept playing and I was like, eh, I'm going home. I don't, like, I, I, like, I don't want to deal with this. I, I, so I got in my car and I drove back across town and I put my pump back on and I was like, you know what? It was your, it was your Cartman moment. I'm going home. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was like. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully this, if you made it to this part of the podcast, hopefully you enjoyed it. Again, mailbag at diabetics doing things. We're doing this show every month. Keep an eye, keep an eye on all of our channels. We've got events coming up, big stuff with the North Texas food bank, doing local events here in Dallas and then announcing some out of town events as well. So even if yeah. you're not in the DFW area, we'll be coming to you very soon. Run it, as they say. <laughs>